0: You are listening listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast.
1: The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com, your source for all things fly fishing and wait for it films for action-packed fly fishing videos and camera related content check out wait for it films on youtube based out of british columbia wait for it films can also be found on the web at www.theweightcreativeco.com
2: that's probably one of the the biggest sellers pumpkin heads oh, that yeah. that one there I, I don't even tie them because we i can't tie enough of them uh, for the shop but <laughs> yeah that um Todd Uishi's Vampire Leech, that's another big seller for their shop too.
0: Killer, killer pattern. Yeah. Do,
2: mm-hmm. you, do you find,
0: and I know you've only been there since maybe, what, 2010? So that's, well, that's quite a while actually. Um, yeah. Have you seen a lot of trends developing in flies, Bob? Like as far as, you know, you see, you've seen the emergence of the the boobies and the blobs and the fabs and the, you know, patterns we weren't fishing really that long ago where are we going these days like what's hot <laughs> we're going to lures
2: it looks like but with the colors and the types of material that's happening yeah um yeah it's i don't know like i from what i see it's rare to actually see new kind of natural patterns coming out everything is just like bright and flashy it, i don't know it's like the disco era of of fly fishing right now like everyone just wants <laughs> something big and bulky and flashy to catch fish but it's that type of fishing too right like it's that uh, yeah. high d line stripping quick it's it's, it's so uh, like like in thrilling i guess or you know it's just it's so awesome the take is great
0: i like that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that uh, the disco era <laughs> so
2: it feels like that though right like it's yeah. just it's too flashy yeah well
0: and, and you know what, in my mind, it is? It's the overwhelming amount of new materials. So it's like... We're, oh, yeah. We're, I, I start moving those... You know how you have those racks, those sliding racks in your shop? Like, yeah. Like, I think most people don't even move those things. It's like, you start moving <laughs> those, it's like, well, actually, this comes in like 78 different colors and 12 <laughs> different sizes. And it's like, oh, I, I don't even know how... This is just me personally looking at a wall going, I don't know how a fly shop makes money because to have... All these oh materials, God, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to sell a lot of Peacock Curl. You're going to sell a lot of UTC Blacks, <laughs> UTC 70 Black. But when, when I go in there, like, I, I bought something off you last week. I think it was Amy's aunt. No, it was a Chernobyl Tapered Medium Foam Cutter. And I'm like, there's no way in hell he's got that. But you you had you had it. You had it. Yeah. And that was because of That's... this this tying thing I'm doing. I'm like, I'm finding, I'm getting outside my comfort zone. Do, do you find that... Um, getting outside your still water comfort zone improves your time
2: I oh for sure percent yeah like uh, being able to tie dry flies for the river it brings a whole different element like all of a sudden they have to be like almost perfect and pretty like they have to look like a real natural bug I find that when those river fish they're just they're a different beast on their own they like things that look pretty natural to them so
0: yeah. Yeah, no Whereas for I
2: Whereas sure. I can throw on a really random bright green chronometer, you know, like, I don't know, it purple chronometer. I'm like, I've never seen this before, but it'll catch a ton of fish.
0: We have got Bob Batista from Kelowna, British Columbia, head minion at Troutwaters Flying Tackle on the podcast coming up next. I want to thank the top 10 cities for listening this week. Thanks, folks, for all the downloads. Really appreciate it. Seattle, Washington. In the top spot, followed by South Jordan, Utah, Spruce Grove, Alberta, Canada, Bellevue, Washington, Austin, Texas, Vienna, Austria, Abbotsford, British Columbia, Fairfax, Virginia. Murau, Austria, and Vancouver, BC. Thank you so much folks for all the downloads this time around. Bob
1: is coming your way next. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires, bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the Fly Crate theflycrate.com is your source for all
0: things fly fishing. The fly crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area along with the fly crate's guide magazine. The convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. theflycrate.com
1: Here's your host, Mark Hopley.
0: Stoked you chose to join us today, and we're going to head out to one of my favorite haunts, my backyard. And I love talking. I love talking with people in the valley here. We've got Bob Batista on the line, head minion at uh, Trout Waters Fly and Tackle in Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, Bob, if you've ever been in that store, Bob is is. He's a he's a constant. He's there all the time. He knows his stuff. He's always tying and loves talking fishing and just an all round great guy. Bob, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it.
2: Awesome, Mark. Thanks for
0: having me. So let let us let's, let's figure out how this all started for you. I always like to go down that road. Um, <laughs> where did this obsession start for you? Like, when did you first discover fly fishing?
2: Uh, fly fishing probably. I would say around 2010, a friend of mine did it a lot. And I, it's just one of those things I was really curious about. And uh, mm-hmm. it was more of the, it was, is pretty magical. He's out there dry fly fishing and just watching him catch fish after fish while I'm throwing my spinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I just got, I got addicted. I picked up his rod, caught a fish on my first cast. And uh, yeah, as they say, you get hooked. So that's me (laughs) where
0: now without giving away secret spots where was this can you tell us that
2: oh we were fishing around Bragg Creek in Calgary uh because I used to live in Calgary for that time period there okay yeah so Mm -hmm. you fished the bow a little bit a little bit not not super successfully but I did fish it yeah
0: Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. so um if you had to look back and I know, with, you know, with Nick and Savas and, and, and the guys in the shop and you guys have had a lot of people through there that are uh, either guiding or uh, still embedded in the fly fishing biz, if you will. Who would you cite as influences? So if you had to look at your, you know, since you found it in 2010 who's yep. kind of been influential influential i'll edit that <laughs> 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 who who, <laughs> who has been influential? <laughs> sorry man i'll get it i'm gonna, edit. All <laughs> I'm gonna edit and shit all that um <laughs> who has been influential in your in your learning curve
2: well obviously nick and Savis. they they know a lot they've been through a lot they fished for a lot of trout around our province mm-hmm. um they've been pretty they've been always good open with information and just try to get everyone going so um i i do i do think they were a big part of it um there was a guy that used to work the shop ray redman and ray was awesome
3: Mm. he
2: was like he took me under his wing showed me how to cast properly or cast better and uh really just schooled me on on everything kind of fly fishing yeah so those like those guys in the shop have been pretty pretty awesome for me Where's Ray at now? Uh, Ray left the shop a couple years ago, and he's just kind of he's pursuing more of his passions, like he's golfing a lot more and yeah, having having more fun. Is he out in Alberta? (laughs) No, he's here. He's still in town. Okay, yeah, okay. Um,
0: So, I mean, anytime I go into your shop, and trust me, your shop is my shop. It is, it is. There's cool stuff about buying stuff online, but there's something to be said when you can go and you can kind of you know, start peeling back the layers and start looking at the fly tying materials. And, and I will tell you, yeah. like, where I'm at, we don't have a fly shop. So it's only about a 45-minute drive to your guy's door. But that's a solid two-hour trip. And I don't mean the yeah. drive time. <laughs> I mean, once you're in the shop. And uh, you must see that a lot. <clears throat> and I love talking to shop guys because that, to me, is where the passion originates. That is where, like, I was a shop guy back in the day, and I, I, I've never, ever lost the passion for being in the shop uh, what does that do for you every day working and, and talking fishing all day
2: yeah it's awesome it it really does never get old um especially when you see all the young kids or even just the people new to it whether they're eight years old or eight years old um we all have the same kind of common idea and common goal at the end of the day and it's just it's just awesome to be sure like to be able to share a bunch of information with people and help them get their first fish because once they get their first one it's over they're done (laughs) they're coming back day after day you know that type of thing so yeah
0: what did you do before you got into the fly fishing biz like what were you doing before 2010
2: oh dude i was so i went to ubc for five years i've got a biology degree um from ubc um i've done everything i've worked i've raced cars i worked on cars i ran Hmm. a computer shop for a while um yeah like so many so many different things and it just i follow my passions and this is kind of where it's taken me that's that's
0: that's pretty cool i always think the more diverse kind of your your skill set from your workplace the more you bring into that workplace. I'll, I'll give you an example. I used to work at a hardware store, okay? And we used to hire all these 19 year old kids and it, mm. and be like, uh, Joey would come in and say, my sink's plugged. <laughs> And you're asking, you're asking a 19 year old how to unplug a sink, which mostly they don't usually have a fricking sink. You know what I mean? They're still living in their parents' basement. So th- there's yep. no, there's no life set skills. And that to me is, is kind of missing in the retail space these days. And that's what I love about your shop is everybody in yep. there lives, it sleeps, breathes, eats, fly fishing. So, um, I love what you're doing up there and, and thanks for setting us all up over the years. Cause you, I mean, you probably don't hear it enough. It means a lot to those of us that come into shops and get that help and get that, you know, cause you guys don't have to be, yeah, you're selling stuff, but you're also selling a lifestyle. You're selling a story. And for me, when there's passion behind that, you can't fail.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, like even, so I've been in the shop for seven years since 2015 And the kids that we hire, I literally call them kids because some of them are like 16, 17, 18. But they come in with a knowledge base that I didn't have when I started. Hmm. They are in it. Like you ask them questions and they're telling you how to do things. And it's pretty amazing. It's so cool to see the passion through them too.
0: Well, I used to go to your shop when it was in West K. Okay, we're going back a long time here. But I also remember dealing with uh, uh, probably a 17, 18-year-old Jordan Ulrich. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what I mean. I I think that Nick and Savis have a real platform there for for people to getting into the industry, and I think that's pretty cool. But what I want to do, Bob, is I want to get to know your day to day in and around mm-hmm. uh, Kelowna, kind of your your uh, feel for your neck of the woods. You ready for a few random questions?
2: Of course, yeah.
0: Let's talk tunes. So if if you're heading to your favorite Stillwater, what's playing in yeah. the truck on the stereo?
2: Um, <laughs> '90s hip hop. <laughs> yeah that's me all the way to the bumping all the way to the lake that's that's what i like
0: so you enjoyed the halftime super bowl show
2: you know i missed it because i just i was driving back from calgary i haven't had a chance to watch it but uh, (laughs) it's definitely on the menu here so
0: (laughs) yeah i I think you'll like that
2: one go-to fly pattern so
0: if you are reaching for a pattern in your box more often than not and i know this is a crazy crazy question because we fish chronomids leeches Exactly. Maze. But if you had to pick one, Bob, like if you had to narrow it down, say nothing's going on, what are you pulling out?
2: Oh, it's, it's just a simple black leech with a gold bead.
0: Black leech gold. Be- now is this, um, is this balanced? Is it just, a, uh,
2: no, just, your standard one. Hmm. Just, you know, a little bit of marabou in the tail, uh, a little bit of semi seal in the body and a gold bead. And hmm. if you work that thing, you'll catch something.
0: Is that on a indicator?
2: Uh, it'll probably be on like a, like a slow intermediate, like a 1.5 sync type thing. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Like it. <laughs> Favorite place to talk fly fishing. So this is a, this is probably an easy one for you because it's your every day, but if, is it the shop? Is it social media? Is it a fly club? Is it, you know, where do you get your fix when you're not on the still?
2: Uh... I don't know. Like when I'm not on the water, I, it would probably be the shop, but you know, like I do answer all the, a lot of Instagram and a lot of Facebook for their shops, So, you know, I get all those questions too, which is pretty awesome because you get a bunch of random questions that you don't think about.
0: Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a sports guy? So I always like to figure out somebody's feel for sports. Like, are you a hockey guy? Um, if you're pulling for a team, whether it's, yeah. you know, pro college, uh, amateur, uh, whatever. What, who are you, who are you cheering for?
2: Well, I I watch a ton of hockey. Um, I love I love hockey. I grew up in Winnipeg, so at heart I'm a Jets fan. But mm-hmm. since I moved to to BC, I watch a lot of the Canucks, and uh, yeah, I cheer for the Canucks. Yeah, as hard as that is sometimes, but I still do it.
0: I feel that. Who's your favorite? <laughs> who's your favorite Jet of all time?
2: Oh, it's got to be Dale Dale Howard oh, of yeah. course. You're going yeah. on old school for sure.
0: Yeah. I thought you were going to say like uh, Tim Kite. could be Solani. What yeah, it t- could have been Solani too. Tim so. Kite or uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think <laughs> of, oh, Ty, Ty Domi. I mean, he was pretty tough. Oh, he was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys had a lot of tough, tough guys out there for sure. Um, yeah. I think that's a uh, a Manitoba thing.
2: Let's I t- think you have to be tough. <laughs> yeah.
0: Those mosquitoes are so, they're the size of pie plates, right?
2: They're brutal. They're brutal. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> Brutiful. Well, that's a new word. beautiful like Yeah, they're Br- brutal. beautiful <laughs> What's the biggest lesson you've learned on your fly fishing journey? So I know this is a big question, but if you had to yeah. take a look back, why do you do what you do? What does it bring into your world?
2: For me, honestly, it, it just, it's peace. Um, you know, busy mind and that kind of thing. When I'm fishing, that's it. Like it's, it's tunnel vision. I just fish. I'm always trying to figure out how to catch a fish. And uh I, I love it. It's the challenge of it too. So yeah, that's that's what I look forward to every time I go I go fishing.
0: So you've had a lot of kind of incarnations job wise. What is the mm-hmm. best job you have had so far?
3: Oh
2: easily this. <laughs> really? There's no easily this. Like hmm. I've had the corporate jobs, I've done that kind of thing, and and the pressures of the sales side of thing, it's I hated it so yeah, uh, working for Nick and Savis, it's like, man, it, it's family. Like, it really, it's really a good family vibe, and yeah. it's easy. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy working there.
0: What's let's flip the coin? What's the worst? Yeah. What's the worst gig you've ever had that you're willing to talk about?
2: Oh, I don't, I don't care. I'll talk. About I used to work for a uniform company, so we mm.
3: uh,
2: picked up dirty uniforms, dropped off clean ones, uh, flipped mats, and all that kind of stuff. I hated that job with a passion, but it paid good. Then that's kind of, so it only lasted about three or four years.
0: <laughs> I'm laughing because I I've done some of that myself and I know exactly you'll laugh. You know I, what I mean? Well, yeah. you know, when I was like 19 out of high school, I worked for this guy that had a laundromat. He started this laundromat and he's like, the money's in the sheets. So I I,
2: he, he had me, I heard that too. <laughs> he, had,
0: he had me going around to all these hotels and we're, we're, we're in like, you know, a, a tourist destination. So it was big business, but it was like, I, I was collecting dirty sheets, man. It was not, it was not, it was not the dream job. If you know what I'm talking about. No, but, I've,
2: I've, ser- I've sorted those dirty sheets. Uh, trust me from yeah. hotels. Yeah. It's not fun. No, no,
0: no, no. Let's, uh, I almost feel like editing that, but I'm no. I'm going to leave yeah. it in because it's, cause it's <laughs> that's, that's real. Um, best fly fishing location you have been so without giving away secret locations like yeah uh, and maybe this is a tropical place maybe it's uh, you know somewhere that was out of your your wheelhouse where's the best spot that you really enjoy fishing
2: when i okay put it this way so if i get time to fish i'm going to southern alberta i love i really do love that old man system down there catching big cutthroat big bull trout and it's windy so the wind deters a lot of people from fishing there cuz it's hard to cast in in windy conditions but the takes on on dry flies it's just amazing amazing
0: that's a heck of a system i know exactly so are you catching mostly cutties there
2: yeah cutties cut bows uh for the most part that's what i like to target usually go like end of july beginning of august and hmm. oh man it's so much fun
0: is there any bull <clears throat> any bull trout in that system?
2: Oh, for sure. There's quite a few. Yeah. You just look for those plunge pools and they'll be sitting at the bottom.
0: Yeah, in the wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right on. Um I I, I want to ask you about tying, because I know that tying is a big part of of look, I'm looking on your social media site and and you just tied like five hundred oh. and something patterns, and I'm like going, <laughs> do you tie for the shop? And do you tie yeah. for yourself personally? What, talk to me about your tying.
2: I, I tie for the shop quite a bit. Um, a lot of patterns that, uh, that are kind of newer um, that we can't just get commercially produced. Mm-hmm. I tie a lot of that. A lot of like the new fad stuff, all the blobs and boobies, I'll tie some of those. Um, and that's usually through the winter. Um, come like still water time, open water. I tie a ton for myself. You know, cronies, I tie for my for my close friends. Yeah, but I, you know, I get into those modes where you just like, you just want to tie. And then I'll go months where I'm like, I don't want to touch the vice at all. So
0: It's funny you said that. That's you, you that's my life. Like I, in the winter, I'm really excited to tie. But if I could be fishing or tying, there's no doubt <laughs> I want to be fishing. Yeah. But <laughs> for me, it's like, okay, you know, you're going on a trip on Saturday or, you know, you're going on Monday. Guess what? You're tying a, a day or two before, right?
2: Yeah. That's my favorite time to tie the mm. night before or two nights before. And you're getting so amped. You're just like, I got to have this. I got to tie six of these because I know they're going to be great. Yeah. I Yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what do you like to tie on? Like, so as somebody that has basically, you know, you're in the shop, let's say you're in the shop tying and, and you're mm-hmm. going to tie up some fabs or whatever the heck you're tying. Is there a certain vice you're like? I want to use this vice because this is my this is my go to. What's your favorite vice to to tie on?
2: Well, I've only tied on Renzetti vices, so I've had a traveler for about nine years. Mm. Um, so that's all I've tied on. That's really my go to. Even when I'm in the shop and I'm teaching, it's the vice that I pick out. It's I don't know. I'm just so used to it.
0: Yeah, there's something about mm. that comfort, and that's what I. And in fact, I got it from. <laughs> My wife bought it for me, God, I don't know how many years ago from, from Savas and called him up and said, uh, my husband needs a vice. He's got, he's got an old DH Thompson and he's had for 30 years. Can you get him something good? And that's what I ended up with was the Rinzetti Traveler. And it's whatever you're comfortable around, right? It's like Coke, Pepsi. I don't, I don't have any, I'm not loyal to any brands as far as for the most part on this show, but it's like, use it. If you like it, it works for you. Great.
2: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally like that too.
0: Are, 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 do you use a pedestal or you use the clamp on the table?
2: Uh, pedestal. Cause my wife would kill me if I had a clamp. What, 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 <laughs> hold on. Explain
0: that. Explain that. Why, why,
2: why, because well, a lot of times when I do those big tying sessions, I'm on the kitchen table or the dining room table, <laughs> and if I marked up that table, I'd be in big trouble. Oh, okay. I thought
3: you're.
0: <laughs> I thought you're getting it like having the wastebasket underneath it, and oh you know, no, you're catching all that deer hair. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> this is bigger than that mess. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, you don't want to screw with the table.
2: No, no,
0: I love it. All right. Um, <laughs> I I want to ask you something, and and this. Nick, your one of your bosses, Nick Pace, co owner of Droughtwater's Fly and Tackle, said if you got Bob on the show, you gotta ask him about Uh-oh. catching a log boom on Hathium. Does that mean it, oh does that God. mean I don't know it doesn't mean anything <clears throat> to me? I haven't seen a lot of log booms up there, but what, what does that
3: mean?
2: It was it was this amazing day. So uh myself, Nick, and uh Richard Wilby from Forge Fly Fishing. He used to work at the shop, so we did a just a day trip out to Hathium. And Nick and I were on fish from point, you know, from first time we got on the water. And we're just throwing random stuff out and we're still catching fish. Um so we're like, Richard, you gotta get a you gotta get a triple header. So you know, Nick and I would hook up double header, and Rich wouldn't get nothing. So we kept doing this over and over and over again. So Nick's like, screw this. Bob, go cast over that log. I picture there's a fish over that log, like a river reference. Like go like, over that next one. So I cast my, my chrono over, over that next log. Damn thing, I hook one up, and it rolls around this log. Literally jumps over the log. So I'm pulling this log in, <laughs> and Nick's taking pictures and all taking videos and stuff. And he's like, oh, you got the biggest fish in the lake type thing. <laughs> and then... I mean, poor Richard still couldn't hook up a fish the whole time, but yeah, that was that's Nick's log reference. It was one of those things Nick and I talk about almost every year at that same time, and it started hailing and snowing, and it was still, like, we probably, between us three, well over 60 fish that day, and it was just a, a blast.
0: For those that don't know, we're talking about a, uh, basically a highway in the interior of BC that is super, super high. And, and it, actually I think it's one of the highest highways in the province for sure. But it's like, basically, I want to say 8,000 feet. I, I I could be it's, wrong on that, Yeah. but it's, it's like, it's basically, I call it pecker pole pine. Cause those pine trees, <laughs> they don't get much bigger than, than, you know, five, six inches round. Right. They're like those lodge yeah, pole... So small. yeah, but, but, um, that's a that's a good little spot spent a lot of time there myself and um i i i I get it did you get the log in was it larch or was it oh yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) i got it was probably i would say about six inches round nick landed it i took a picture with the log and everything it was pretty it was pretty funny we're just cracking up
0: (laughs) i love it that's good stuff so um I want to get back to tying a little bit because I know you do a lot of tying and I love talking tying. And right now we've got this, we've got this tying thing going on. It's March Madness, um, uh, fly bracket edition. So basically we've got a tournament going on the top 64 flies, uh, Mm -hmm. in North America on the planet. And, and for me, this has been a real learning curve, Bob, because like, I think you and I are probably a lot alike. I mean, I fish Mm -hmm. moving water, but not as much as I would like. Because that's just not, that's not where we are, right? I mean, you want to drive six hours, we can get, you know, we're in Montana, we're in, we're in uh, some, some pretty amazing rivers, but for the most part, we're, we're, we're fishing still water. So I, I, I guess where I'm going with this is what do you like to tie for the most part? Are you, are you I know you like that, that gold and black leech, but other yeah. than that, are, are you a cronyman guy, mayfly, damsel? What, like, what's your go-to, especially for somebody that's got a, um, a background in biology. I think I always like to ask this question. What's your go-to
2: on that? I like, I like cronies, obviously. Um, bobber down is so much fun. Hmm. Um, but I also like fishing a lot of damsels. I, I, I figure like, I, I tie a lot of things that mimic like a damsley leech pattern, um, and really, really simple sparse patterns too. Nothing too crazy. Um, I'm more function over beauty type deal. So okay, I tie a lot of like micro pine squirrel leeches with a little bit of a damsley type, you know, head type deal. So I like the sound of that.
0: Yeah if um if you're tying something for the shop more often than not what pattern are you throwing out there like what are you what do oh you always what do you by that i mean what are you always selling what are you running out of
2: oh so you know brian chan's ruby i leech i can't tie enough of those damn things to you know to to keep the shop stocked that's probably one of the the biggest sellers is pumpkin heads
3: oh. that
2: that one there I, I don't even tie them because we, i can't tie enough of them uh, for the shop but yeah that um Tadawishi's Vampire Leech, that's another big seller for their shop too.
0: Killer. Killer pattern. Yeah. Do
2: mm-hmm. you do you find
0: and I know you've only been there since maybe what, 2010? So that's well, that's quite a while, actually. Um yeah. have you seen a lot of trends developing in flies, Bob? Like as far as you know, you see you've seen the emergence of the the boobies and the blobs and the fabs and the you know, patterns we weren't fishing really that long ago. Where are we going these days? Like, what's hot? <laughs> We're
2: going to lures, it looks like, but with the colors and the types of material that's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, like, I from what I see, it's rare to actually see new kind of natural patterns coming out. Everything is just, like, bright and flashy. It, I don't know. It's like the disco era of, of fly fishing right now. Like, everyone just wants <laughs> something big and bulky and flashy to catch fish. But it's that type of fishing too, right? Like it's that high D line stripping quick. It's, it's, it's so uh, like, like it's thrilling, I guess, or, you know, it's just, it's so awesome. The take is great.
0: I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal the disco era. (laughs) So
2: it feels like that though, right? Like it's just, it's too flashy.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you know what, in my mind it is, it's the overwhelming amount of new materials. So it's like, we're, we're, I I start moving those, you know, how you have those racks, those sliding racks in your shop. Like, like I think most people don't even move those things. It's like, you start moving those. It's like, well, actually this comes in like 78 different colors, and 12 different sizes. And it's like, oh. I, I don't even know how this is just me personally looking at a wall going, I don't know how a fly shop makes money because to have all these oh materials. God, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to sell a lot of peacock curl. You're going to sell a lot of UTC blacks, <laughs> UTC 70 black. But when, when I go in there, like I, I bought something off you last week. I think it was Amy's aunt. No, it was a Chernobyl tapered medium foam cutter. And I'm like, there's no way in hell he's got that. But you,
3: you had, you had
0: it. You had it. Yeah. And that was because of That's, this this tying thing I'm doing. I'm like, I'm finding, I'm getting outside my comfort zone. Do, do you find that um getting outside your still water comfort zone improves your time?
2: Oh, well, for sure. 100%. Yeah, like, uh, being able to tie dry flies for the river, it brings a whole different element. Like, all of a sudden, they have to be, like, almost perfect and pretty. Like, they have to look like a real natural bug. I find that when those river fish, they're just... They're a different beast on their own. They like things that look pretty natural to them. So
0: yeah. Yeah. No, for Whereas sure. I can,
2: I can throw on a really random bright green chronometer, you know, like, I don't know. It's purple chronometer. I'm like, I've never seen this before, but it'll catch a ton of fish.
0: Well, it's funny you said that. Cause that's for me, purple, black, and blue are the three colors. I will tie any fly. It could be a, it could be a mayfly nymph, but if it's in purple or black or blue, um,
2: it'll catch. Oh yeah. <laughs> like,
0: like leech patterns, like the bruised leech, black and blue. Come on. Yep. Like, I mean, it just, it just works. And, and, uh, I've, I've had people on the show and they've told me because it's the way fish see. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know how fish see, but they, they're the UV spectrum for them is a big thing. Right. So that, Yeah. A little bit of UV sparkle. And that's why I think a lot, think of all the materials we have now in UV that we didn't have 10 years ago when you probably started this or 12 years ago. Right.
2: Yeah. It's it's so different now. Yeah. Like they, they're able to incorporate UV into everything. Beads to peacock, even peacock, curl and marabou have, you know, UV capabilities and and built into the material. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing what they do with all this new material.
0: And you know, what kills me is it used to be, if you wanted to find out how to tie a fly, you would go down to your local fly fishing club and maybe every Wednesday, the third Wednesday of every month, there'd be a little session. You could kind of figure it out, but now (laughs) let's go on YouTube and we, you know, you type it in and there's 17 different variations.
2: Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Like (laughs) you do that. You go on YouTube and you type in I don't know, chronomid, and you like five of your buddies are there tying chronomids, And it's kind of like, Hey, I didn't realize they made a video on this kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty funny. Are you on YouTube a lot? Uh, I watch it a lot. I'm not on it. Like on it.
0: <laughs> if we want to follow you on yeah. social media, where do we find you? Like, uh, say on, 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 I want to say iTunes. It's not iTunes on, uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell am I trying to say here? Instagram or facebook yeah. where do we find you
2: uh instagram i'm i'm Bob Tista, so that's just a mix of my first name and last name yeah um and on facebook i go as robert bautista okay but uh yeah you'll see a lot of my daughter <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: right now because <laughs> she's only she's how, only she's less than two years old so
0: how many kids you got
2: i got one just the one
0: right on good stuff she's and enough she's, of a handful for me oh <laughs> yeah and sorry how old is she again
2: uh she's 22 months
0: yeah oh is she going to be at the vice soon or what are you going to wait another year maybe
2: i hope so i want to retire I want to <laughs> <laughs> retire yeah, from good. fly tying. she can good. tie my stuff for me <laughs> good,
0: good luck with that um yeah i know right yeah <laughs> uh, i got two daughters and uh they're 20 and uh yeah well yeah. i still haven't no. got them to tie a fly yet but i'm working on that um actually that's not true i did get them on the vice but uh i i want to ask you something and this is something i always like to do on the podcast and that is kind Mm -hmm. of paint us a, a picture so your dream day whether it's a moving water a still water if you could have your day everything's right the strain the fish the the flies you're throwing is all working in your favor What are you drinking at the end of the day? Who are you hanging out with? Kind of paint us a picture, Bob, of what, you know, if you could have any day on the water, what does that look like?
2: Oh, that's a good, that's a loaded question. That's great. Um, I would say I'd be probably fishing a stream within the mountains there, uh, dry fly fishing, small stream with my buddy, Chris. Um, He's the one who taught me how to fly fish in the first place. So, yeah, I'd pick him. He doesn't drink, but I'd be having a nice good old amber ale, you know, sitting in the stream, and I'd be drinking that thing all day. It'd be, yeah, that's a, that's my day, yeah.
0: What kind of dries are you throwing?
2: Oh, hopefully some sort of uh, mayfly, like, um, you know, uh, some sort of drake to yep. a drake hatch. That'd be my idea, just vicious attacks. It'd be so awesome.
0: Is there a campfire at the end of, end of the day, or what does that look like?
2: Campfire hot dogs for sure. <laughs> it's got to have hot dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: good stuff. Is there anything
0: in your mind in the world of life? Because as somebody that works in a shop, you see it all. And I think a lot of us are kind of, you know, we tie, we get out there, we may go to a shop, but as somebody that sees all these customers coming in all the time, what people are looking for, what people are doing, the latest trends, is there anything in the world of fly fishing that kind of irks you that goes, man, we need to do this better or more of this, or whether it's conservation or social media, is there anything that kind of irks you about what's going on? Or are we just kind of in a, in a good spot right now?
2: Oh man. Irks me about fly. Um, I don't know. I I, I really do think it's, it's the fish handling practices that really get me. And I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm any better than anyone else here, but it's when, you know, it's not as simple as catch, photo, release, holding the fish out of water. And that really gets me, like, especially in, in, in wild streams where we have, you know, we have to protect these populations of fish that are, they're so endangered. Um, yeah, that's what gets me. And it really does piss me off quite a bit.
0: Hmm. Like the grip yeah. and grin out of the water kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Like, I and it's funny because, like, I used to take a ton of pictures of fish and I don't do as much now. I'm more concerned about getting them in and catching the next one. <laughs> yeah. And taking pictures and stuff. So, hmm. you yeah. know.
0: Do you find that trying to capture the moment sometimes ruins the moment? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, for sure. I, I, I if you're whole gripping the fish so hard that you're hurting them, that's not a good thing, right? So. Yeah, I do believe
3: that.
0: I just found that, you know, like when, when, uh, oh, shoot, when the, you know, the hero, uh, GoPros came out and all the different versions and they're waterproof and we're trying to get all these images. I just Mm -hmm. find sometimes we're caught up in trying to capture it without enjoying it. Does that make sense? Oh,
2: it is because, like, I'm in that kind of world right now where I want to get stuff on video. I want to get all Mm -hmm. these underwater shots and that kind of thing. And it's honestly, it's, it's so trying. It's so hard to capture all these moments and it is, you feel bad for the fish. You know, you're just like, I'm sorry, (laughs) get back (laughs) in the water. (laughs) Sorry to ruin your day.
0: (laughs) Well, you think about it though, we're fishing barbless. It's catch and release now for, you know, most of what we're doing, which is Mm -hmm. a, you know, it's a big improvement. Those fish are going to be there to be caught another day. But I just, yeah. I, I do think sometimes, and and that is a hard part for me is trying to capture it because, I'll I'll give you an example, Bob. Is I get a lot of people ask her, like, well, what's the what's the biggest fish you caught? Send me some pics. So I'm just like, well, you know,
2: it's like, oh, I know, is, is, I know. Are we just yep. gonna distill
0: this shit down to to that? Because because yeah. that that that's not the essence of what we're doing here. <clears throat> I look at these no. small rookie picks from Pennsylvania. And they're beautiful fish, but they're only five inches long. There's something special mm-hmm. about that and
2: yeah. the 12 pounder, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's not, it, and it's not just the fish, right? It's the journey you take to catch that fish. You know, uh, some of us take pride in catching, you know, you're working hard for one fish, this whole, you know, for two hours you're throwing changing flies, trying to catch one fish. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about that. Like that's, I think once you fall in love with fly fishing a lot more, that's what it comes down to is like being able to fool a fish that you've been struggling to catch the whole time and, uh, and finally getting them. And if you don't get them, that's what brings you back the next time to try it again and try different things. So there's just so much more to it.
0: Fill in the blank for me when I'm not
2: fly fishing, I'm usually
0: doing what?
2: (laughs) Uh, dreaming of fly fishing. That's, uh, the the most part um other than that just planning the next trip i guess yeah
0: have you got any big trips planned that you can tell us about for 2022 or are these uh top top secret
2: no never top secret nothing nothing crazy i'm trying to do a trip up to the caribou hopefully early junior with the family
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um but yeah no no set no totally set plans just still trying to find a place up there to to bring the rv up to
0: what about in, in your tying world? Is there anything you want to get done before the uh, ice starts melting and we start getting into the uh, open water season? Like, are you? is there quotas you're trying to, you know, hit for certain patterns? or? How, like, I'm curious about how that works for you because I, I talk to a lot of people that tie commercially and I think yeah. it's a different mindset than, I do a lot of one-offs, right? So <laughs> I'll tie yeah. something up and I may or may never use it. But it, it kind of fills a void. It fills a need. I'm like, I want to try this cronamid with this rib. And then I go, ah, it doesn't look that good. So then I'll I'll, I'll do <laughs> something else. But when you're tying five dozen to something, it's a little different.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I don't think I have a quota. Um, yeah, no, not so much. I think for anything, it's I promised a couple of buddies that I would tie them a couple early stillwater boxes. So that's what I have on my mind right now. I'm like, man, what am I going to tie these guys?
0: <laughs> I I fished last year with a few people that told me that whatever they fished that day, if it caught fish, they put it in a separate box. And I thought that was kind of a cool idea because then you have like a walking, talking encyclopedia of what worked for you rather than just taking notes. Do you do anything yeah. like, is there anything you do on the water that you'd share with us? Like, like um, you know, your way to kind of recapture what happened out there
2: i uh i put my chronomids back in my box but upside down Ooh. so they point the other way i like that and then yeah so then i'll go through my box you know the next couple of days and i'll i'll be like okay this was really good so i'm gonna tie fifty thousand more of these <laughs> you know that's that's kind of how i do things and i actually started keeping a journal um yeah, one of my father-in-law's friends he lived up in golden. He used to make these awesome little journals and, uh, it's a place where you can actually put a picture, you know, all the conditions and that kind of thing. And Mm. yeah, I, I, I love that thing. So
0: have you had anything bizarre happen to you in your time in the water? Other, other than that, that log coming at you? I mean, like, Uh, whether it's a wildlife story or, uh, you won't believe this, this actually happened, anything bizarre.
3: Uh,
2: weird. I, I had a, I was on Hathium again, so everything weird that seems to happen happens at Hathium. I was fishing by the Osprey nest and had a little, a little fish on about 14 inches. Osprey leaves his nest, comes behind me, swoops down, grabs my fish, starts flying off with this fish, drops the fish. But for whatever reason, my rod's still pointed in the air and it, I, it's hooked into the Osprey's talent. So. I had this osprey hooked, started reeling it down. And he he uh, fell into the water and I pulled him within, I don't know, I, I swear about two feet, cut the line. And I was totally freaking out because I thought this thing was going to claw my eyeballs out. And uh, <laughs> and I saw him fly away. So I knew he was okay.
0: That's cool. Os- yeah. Ospreys are, um, well, and that lake is famous for loons. I've caught more than one loon on that lake.
2: Oh, geez. Yeah, for they, sure. They,
0: they get smart for sure. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Guess, okay. Um, so
0: here, here's a question for you. So as somebody mm-hmm. that's, and, and this, I'm a Stillwater guy and not everybody that listens to this show is still water centric, but we definitely have that group. If you mm-hmm. are looking for your dream rod and you, you're surrounded by a lot of them, but whether it's a 10 foot uh, five weight, what, brand and i'm not looking i'm not looking to necessarily push any brands but if you could pick anything off the shelf gratis yeah. what would that be
2: ah uh, it would it would definitely be a scott uh a, a scott centric in a 10 foot 6 weight from my still water stuff that's that's my baby that's the one i love using mm. every day and if i could have another one i would definitely have another one
0: I love asking that question because a lot of us don't like, I've got an Orvis and, uh, that I got from you and uh, yep. I've got a, uh, it's a Helios three. I think it is. I've got a Reddington. I've had Sage. I've had uh, uh, Hardy from you guys. You name a few you name. You name a brand. I basically had it, but I always, I struggle with it because it's not, we don't get to try a lot of these things. You know, you may get to cast it in the parking lot, but to actually yeah. use a rod and handle fish with it is a very different thing. So, um, I've never owned a Scott and I, I know they're definitely a good stick. Um,
2: Oh, they're, they're phenomenal.
0: Hmm. Is that what, wh- which, which level of Scott is that? Is that like a radian or uh what's that called?
2: That's the, the centric. So the centric, centric took over for the radian. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. I find the technology these days just boggles my mind. <laughs> Especially when it comes to Mm -hmm. fly lines. For me, I get overwhelmed by fly lines. (laughs) Like I go into your store and I look at them and I just go like, I don't know, man. I want a fast sink. I want a slow sink. I want a floating. But the reality is after fishing and talking to some of these competitive guys, they are like, they know how many inches per second. They're counting down. Do you do
2: a lot of counting down? No. No. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I love it. I know. Yeah, I know the lines. I know what they they're supposed to do. So I just go by that. Right. I'm I'm not that technical. Like, uh, I the countdown method to me is just it's too much.
0: <laughs> so so when the ice comes off of Shad and you're not going one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Three.
2: <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> you, you got
0: you got the indie out there, and you're like, I got this black leech with a gold bead, and it's going it's, gonna down. Em. it's gonna get him.
2: It's gonna get him. I love it. That's totally me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The fly lines, the fly lines are nuts now. There's so many different makes and models and
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's it's tough to keep track of for sure.
0: What's your go-to brand? Like uh, if you had to pick a fly line, is it like airflow? Is it uh, scientific angler? Is, is there a brand that you go, wow, this is what I like to use.
2: I'm gonna get in trouble here, Mark. No, oh, no, I can edit. I can edit. <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing with you. I, uh, for a very long time there, I've been running. I ran SA for about I'd say four or five years, mm-hmm. and uh, Rio redid a whole bunch of their lines, and I've been in love with the uh, their floating line, as well as their sinking lines. They're just they're so good.
0: Okay, this, yeah. but this is what I like is like there's no brand loyalty on my end, not really um because nope, i'm not sponsor- <laughs> yeah but you sell a lot of brands you gotta you gotta watch your p's and q's and i get that but i love talking to people that fish them because um sales reps are one thing but people that are out there doing it saying this is you know what i like to use what do you like to use for thread i'm re- i'm really curious about that because you tie a lot of patterns are you a yeah. uh, utc uh well, what are you using for for thread
2: well, for for cronies and stuff, obviously UTC seventy is probably my favorite for for that kind of thing. Um, leeches and dry flies, like I I love this Semper Fly stuff, like mm-hmm. um, the Nano Silk. Yeah. Oh, it's it's super expensive, but it's really thin, super super strong, and I just find that my flies are a lot more durable with them.
0: It's funny you said that. Like I. Um... I talked to somebody a while back that does a lot of tying, and, and they said you need to use the right tool for the job. And and so if you're spinning deer hair, UTC yep. is great, and that's my go-to for for a lot of things. But when I when I when I had that Semperfly Semperfly or whatever it's called, <laughs> I'm like yep. going, "This ain't gonna break. I can pull down on as hard as I
2: want on this, right? <laughs> so yeah, and you end up cutting deer hair though. That's the problem with tying those gonfas with the. Oh with that nano silk if you pull hard enough you're just going to start shearing off deer well my <laughs>
0: scissors my scissors are going like no no this ain't happening <laughs> you're not you're not going to cut this <laughs> but it's funny like to me again it comes down to the right tool for the job so if you're trying to tie mm-hmm. chronomids flat and that's what i like about the utc i like how it lays flat i like how it cuts with the scissors
3: mm-hmm
0: Given my druthers, I would use that all the time. But the reality is, and um, I can't like I can't when I'm spinning <laughs> when I'm spinning deer hair, I'm snapping off two or three times, and I'm swearing, I'm getting frustrated on a on a yep. big minnow bait pattern that I've spent like twenty minutes on.
2: It's the worst. Yeah, I, <sighs> I feel that pain too. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I I think a lot of us don't talk about that. Like, and I'm not trying to slam any brands here, but that is the key to me is find the this the type of tying you're doing if you're really pulling down hard and you really need to cinch down and you're really you're spinning deer hair you probably should use something pretty strong right
2: yeah 100 percent yeah yeah it'd be nice if the threads came the same color every time you bought them though
0: well that (laughs) and 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 it's confusing as hell it's kind of like getting into the fly line world it's like okay um I, i like i I I discovered I loved UTC. So I bought all these UTCs, but I didn't realize what the 70, whether that means the near, is that 70 to near? Yeah. So for me, that is kind of the sweet spot for 90% of my flies. But then you start tying really big patterns. You might want to up that, right? And for sure. And vice versa. But it's, I don't know. Is there a tool or something that you like to tie with that? Maybe not all of us know about like, and, and, you know, when you're tying in a shop, you can go, oh, I think I'm going to use that and point to the wall. <laughs> and I think I, <laughs> I kind of have that in my house. My wife will kill me for saying this, but I have, Bob, right now I'm sitting, Sorry, I got my Renzetti. I'm looking at the laptop because mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, but I'm looking on the wall and I have literally, I don't know, a hundred pegs on the pegboard. And I've got, you know, one with chenille, one with, one with, uh, ostrich one with uh thin skin one with marabou and it's got every color that i've been able to buy from you guys and others yeah. over the years like what's a tool or a material that you go i can't live without this
2: oh man a tool uh my dubbing spinner
3: <laughs> mm. Okay. that is probably yeah so talk yeah, to me about
0: that what what type of dub, dubbing spinner do you use because this is something that i've kind of just started doing more of and i'm not sure um, i'm in the right spot
2: i have this stonefold dubbing spinner um and literally you can hold the base of it and just spin the the top part right instead of letting it go like a top and it makes life so much easier
0: okay yeah stonefold
2: it's one of specialty yeah
0: okay and you you sell those in the shop, obviously.
2: Yeah, we, we carry them in the shop.
0: I, I it's funny, like when it you'll laugh at me, but I've been tying since I was probably fifteen, and I'm in my fifties, so I don't my math's not good, but it's been a while. I, <laughs> I did not know how to use a whip finish until three years ago. I I would hand no do it. Way. Oh yeah, man! Like so, I would. I would like an idiot I would do it old school with the hand and yeah it works but as soon as I've I i do not know what it was I, I'm weird with certain things once if I'm not comfortable with it I just go to the neck I go to whatever I'm comfortable with and I think a lot of us yep. are like that right but yeah for sure once that whip finish got going I'm like I don't know what the hell I was thinking <laughs> this is so <laughs> it's so easy right but
2: it's so quick like it's yeah. so much quicker than doing it with your hands
0: yeah no for sure so mm-hmm. what what about deer hair? Do you have any deer hair tips for us? Whether it's stacking, is there a certain tool you like to use? Um, I struggle with those big gonfas that we'd <laughs> like to tie those deer hair gonfas because it's like a mess. And I know, okay, so you, I know that you have your your you don't have your C clamp on your table because that might get some people angry in the house. Yeah, <laughs> I picture like maybe some elk hair, deer hair all over the floor, um, yep. which is okay, right? We can, mm-hmm, we can do course. that? Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. Is there a tip or a trick for stacking deer hair or elk hair that you've
2: come to learn? Nothing. Nothing phenomenally awesome. <laughs> Just no. tap it hard enough so they all line up. Yeah. What <laughs>
0: so, kind of what kind of thread are you using?
2: Uh, if I'm doing gonfus and stuff, usually I like a 210 or a Danville, you know, three-aught thread type thing. Uh-huh.
3: Um, okay.
2: Yeah. If I'm tying dries, yeah, that uh, nano silk or... Yeah. UTC 70. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what's your favorite patterns to tie? Like if you're sitting there and you're going, this is in my wheelhouse, this is my comfort zone.
2: Oh, I love any, any form of like Mayfly or, or Caddis. Like I, I love, yeah. Like tying October Caddis, especially bigger ones. Yeah. Um, like those Miklux uh, sedges and.
3: Oh, that's my go-to.
2: Diff- yeah. Different types of like, yeah. Brakes and all that kind of stuff. I like that.
0: When are we going fishing?
2: Hopefully soon. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's pretty warm today.
0: <laughs> it was like, it was crazy warm today for 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 the so we're talking in uh, mid February twenty twenty two, and I'm just like mm-hmm. looking at the mercury going. This is wow. not this is not normal, right? Yeah, I'll tell how, you
2: how how warm was it down there?
0: It was eleven Celsius and sunny, yeah. but but I'll tell you what I remember in twenty fifteen being on Mm -hmm. shannon lake valentine's day fishing cronies
2: no way yep
0: 2015 look it up it was yeah yeah there's guys are probably still ice fishing that
2: (laughs) there's a guy a couple guys that fell through too so there's some open spots yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i saw that (laughs) oh
0: boy oh man um so if we want to um like obviously, you're working at Troutwater Fly and Tackle in Kelowna, British mm-hmm. Columbia. I know you guys have an online store. If anyone's listening to the show in Canada or even stateside and said, hey, "You know what? I want to check these guys out." Yeah, where where, where do we find you guys on on online?
2: Well, web, our website's Troutwaters.ca. Um, yeah. On Instagram, we're just Troutwaters.ca, <laughs> and I believe on Facebook, we're also just Troutwaters.ca. So. We're pretty easy.
0: I like it, and we yeah. want to follow you on social media and all these pigs you're chasing in the interior. And I <laughs> I know you're a humble guy. Um, I think you do pretty well out there. How how do we how do we find you on Instagram again?
2: Yeah, you just find me at, at Bob Tista, B O B T I S T A um yeah i'm on there you know when fishing seasons get up I'll, I'll post a bunch of different pictures and it's kind of cool because i'll uh, i'll fish with buddies that everyone else knows and we'll just kind of link each other and you can follow all of us that way
0: hey listen i'll, I'll see you in the shop i'll see you on the water and i i appreciate you taking the time today bob i really do thanks for doing this
2: awesome mark thank you very much we've
0: been chatting today with bob batista Head Minion. That's a self-title. Head Minion <laughs> in Kelowna, <laughs> British Columbia at Trout Waters Fly and Tackle. Thanks for joining us this time around.
1: The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.